and I'm very thankful that the Lord is challenging all of us in this season, amen, to do something. Not to do nothing, but to do something. And uh, you say, I don't know what that something is. I, I believe this, if you will seek the Lord, you will find out what that something is. Uh, he will reveal himself to you. Uh, I did not know what he was going to speak on this evening, but it's kind of interesting. God always knows what he's doing. Uh, Jade is traveling for training this week. Uh, so I said, well, I'll just follow Cameron. I'll just pray and get uh, some things ready. And if, if he goes for a half hour or so, I won't do anything. If he just comes and delivers for a few moments, then I'll just finish up what he started. And I didn't even ask him the last couple of days what he was going to be sharing. Uh, he told me this morning, I'm going to do something different than what I'd even planned. I said, that's wonderful. Just obey the Lord and uh, a wonderful job to do. Uh, so tonight I'm just going to follow with him. And as I was studying this week, and as we just finished our series on the Holy Spirit uh, for a few moments tonight, I want to I just kind of just flow with this. We'll see how far we get. I won't keep you long, but I will try to exhort you for a few moments. Uh, and I want to talk to you about growing in Christ. How many knows that uh, this journey uh, is a journey where we develop and we mature and it's something that... Uh, we need to take seriously. And uh, so if I were to title uh, a message tonight, I would, and I preached a message along these lines a, a year or so ago, but this just popped back into my spirit and it was uh, barren trees and starving people. Barren trees, barren trees and starving people. So I want to ask you to turn in your Bibles, Colossians chapter 1, verse number 9 and verse number 10. I'm just going to lay a foundation very quickly uh, for us, and uh, we'll just see how far we get in the next few moments. Anybody ready for the word tonight? Oh, that was weak, but we'll take it since that's all you offered, all right? So maybe, you, maybe you'll wake up just a little bit here in a moment. Uh, but Galatians chapter 1, verse number 9 and verse number 10. For this cause, we also, since the day that we heard it, talking about the gospel, uh, or should I say this, when Paul heard and Timothy heard that this particular church, this infant church, may I add, had received the word of the Lord and has started an assembly, he said, since the day that we heard, we do not cease to pray for you and we desire and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. And this is the reason why that they prayed continually for them to grow in knowledge of his will and wisdom and understanding, that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Here's what I want to say to us tonight. We see in our text the desire for increase for those who had accepted the gospel message. Paul understood in his writing that this body of believers was going to need more than zeal to walk out their faith. This is still true today. Let me say this to all of us in this room tonight and those that are joining us by way of internet. I appreciate those who have zeal. I appreciate those that have passion, but zeal and passion isn't enough by itself. 
there must be an understanding of God's principles and his commands if a man or a woman is going to walk in the fullness of Christ and be fruitful. Anybody want to be fruitful tonight? You and I today have to understand that we are that which the world is looking. You may have heard this said before. You may be the only Bible somebody reads. If they're reading your life, what are they reading? Is it a life of fruitfulness or is it a life of brokenness? Is it a life of missing pieces or is it something that can give them hope and strength and joy and peace that's why Paul in writing in Romans chapter 12 the very first two verses of that chapter maybe some of you probably could quote this passage he says I beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice wholly acceptable unto God which is your reasonable service and be not conformed to this world but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We also find this passage in Ephesians chapter 5, 15 through 18. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wherefore, be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Be not drunk with wine, where in excess, but be filled with the Spirit." We must understand tonight, it is not until one yields his life that they can begin to really truly grow in Christ. And today, can I tell you, Paul had this issue in his day and we still have it in our day. He comes back to the church at Corinth and he simply says this, when you should be eating meat, you're still on the milk. What he was simply saying is you have failed to grow in Christ. You have failed to take the necessary steps to become the men of God and the women of God that God has called you to be. You've heard me say this often. If you look around the room tonight or any other night, you will find that some of us who still think that we're young are not so young anymore. But those that was before us, they have finished their race. They're in glory tonight, but we have become the elders of the church. And unfortunately, there are those that should be in the elders category, but they're still on a sippy cup instead of on the meat of God's word. And therefore, what we're doing, we're giving birth to a generation that is very intellectual in the world, but very ignorant when it comes to the principles and the commands of God, much like in the days of Joshua. Joshua, all the days of his life, served the Lord, and Israel followed after the things of God. But Joshua died. And the priests that lived and served with Joshua all the days that they lived, uh, uh, Israel followed after the things of God. But however, they failed to do something. They failed to teach a generation on, what, on the importance of growing in relationship and growing in Christ or growing in the things of God. Because it says this, after they died, there arose a generation that did not know God. I can tell you today that there is many bright people that's sitting in the house of God. They're bright by the things of the world, but yet they cannot pass a general knowledge test of God's word because the people that's supposed to be teaching them have never grown in Christ themselves. Please hear me. 
You can never take somebody to a place that you've never been. 2 Peter chapter 3, we find a very, I think, a very profound statement in four of these verses, 14 through 18. Peter's writing, he says, Wherefore, beloved, seeing that you look for such things, be diligent that you may be found of human peace without spot and blameless, and account that the longsuffering of our Lord is salvation, even as our beloved brother Paul, also according to the wisdom given unto him, hath written unto you, as also in all his epistles, speaking in them of these things in which are some things hard to be understood for some, which they that are unlearned and unstable, they wrestle with this, as they do also in other scriptures under their own destruction. But notice what he's saying. Yea, therefore, beloved, seeing you know these things before, beware lest you also be led away by the error of the wicked, fall from their own stead, and you fall from your own steadfastness, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. To him be glory, both now and forever. Amen. With great attention today been given in the, in the church world especially on spiritual giftings. And we've talked about giftings over the last few weeks and the importance of having a biblical understanding of the Holy Spirit. I want to just take a few moments and share with you tonight that if you are a man or a woman that has a biblical understanding of the Holy Spirit and you have a genuine encounter with God, you have surrendered your life, you have received the baptism of the Holy Ghost in your life, and you're following after the things of God, your life will not mirror the world, but it will mirror the personality of Jesus Christ. If it does not, then there is a lot of growing that needs to be done and done quickly in our lives. Notice with me, we find that with great attention giving to gifts, there's a danger of neglecting the growth process of the grace of God as well as the growth of growing in the spiritual realm in which God wants us to be. You will find in Galatians chapter 5, there is a passage of scripture that is very powerful. I want to give it to us very quickly this evening. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. Notice with me, in this passage of scripture, there is nine spiritual gifts that is mentioned. We find that you can break them down into three different categories. The first one we can do this is primarily relates to God. It is love, joy, and peace. Those are the things that God gives us. Love, we know this, is a strong, adorate, tender, compassionate devotion to the will or to the well-being of someone else. It's somebody that we are drawn to. It's somebody that we feel compassionate towards. And we should be that way towards everybody. Please hear me. Joy, it is this. It is the delight over blessings received uh, are expected for yourselves or others. It means that you get excited when you see the blessings and the favor of God upon men and women. Peace is a state of quietness or rest or harmony. It's a, it's a sense of order and security. These are all things that we get from our Heavenly Father. And it's things that we get not just through the gifting of the Holy Spirit, but upon receiving Christ, this fruit of the Spirit begins to be present in our lives. But how many knows it has to be developed? It has to grow. 
You can take just about any fruit tree and you can plant it in the ground. You can plant it in good soil. You can plant an apple tree this year, but you're not going to get apples off of it this year. It's going to be a process. It's going to take time. It grows and develops. A lot of fruit trees will take five to seven years before you ever begin to get anything good off of it. Well, you have to understand that when you see a new convert, somebody that's never been in the house of God, they don't know anything. There is God, there's a grace that God has given to them and the fruit of the spirit is given to them, but it has to be methodically raised and cared for. Uh, It has to be dug around. It has to be dunged. It has to be cared for. It has to be pruned. And you find that it is, it is done so that there could be fruit in the future. The second group primarily relates to others, meaning this, you and I as men and women of faith, if we're going to walk in the newness of Christ, we are to be men and women that are long-suffering and kind, and we walk with a spirit of goodness about us. What does this really mean? It means this long-suffering means we're bearing long. It means this, that when we do it without murmuring and without resistance, it means that we are patient with people. And I know sometimes that's not our strong suit, but how many knows that when the world is watching and they're wanting to see something different, they need to see us with an attitude that Christ has towards others. Kindness should not be something far from us, but it should be what describes us, meaning this, that we are refined in our character and our conduct. We should mirror the kindness and the love of Christ and goodness. You may ask, what is that? It is the state of being good. And you say, well, your Bible says that none of us is good, no, not one. That is true. But when we take off the old man and put on the new, then we are formed in the likeness of Christ. And therefore, you and I are expected to walk with the goodness of God towards others. It means to be godlike in life and in conduct. It means this, you don't get a fly off the handle like you used to. Don't get to blame all of your bad behavior because you're of Irish descent. Does it matter that you said my mama was a hothead or my daddy was a hothead? No, does it matter? You've been born again. Please hear me. Now, I don't expect you to have that under wraps in the first day that you're saved or even the first year. But it means this, it's a process. We're growing. We're developing. We always get better. We always become more sensitive. But then the third group primarily relates to us, meaning this. There's some things that has to be present in our lives. Uh, Cameron made a statement. He said this, that we are the temple. And that is true. And he says, we have to build or rebuild our lives. How do we rebuild that. We rebuild that by making sure that we are in the word also, but by staying attached to the things of God and realizing that we have personal responsibility. Our personal responsibility comes in the last three of these fruits of the spirit. We have to be faithful. We have to be gentle and we have to operate in self-control. You and I today, when we really begin to dive into this, we find uh, that the Bible is very clear. How is the fruit of the spirit produced in our lives, these broken vessels, these marred vessels, how is it produced in our lives? First of all, we have to understand this. The fruit of the spirit begins when we believe the gospel. Colossians 5, chapter 1, verse 5 and 6, it tells us this, uh, for the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, whereof you heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel, which is coming to you as it is in all the world 
world and bringeth forth fruit as it doeth also in you since the day you heard of it and knew the grace of God in truth. When you and I accept Christ, uh, the fruit of the Spirit is deposited in our life. Get this, the fruit of the Spirit is not the same as the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Uh, We know this, the baptism of the Holy Spirit helps us to develop and grow the fruit of the Spirit uh, where then we can become a greater witness and a greater influence in the world in which we live. Notice there is a process, as I mentioned a moment ago, of producing fruit. Mark chapter 4, we find in verse 26 through 29, and he said... So is the kingdom of God, as if a man should cast seed into the ground and should sleep and rise night and day, and the seed should spring up and grow up, he knoweth not how. For the earth bringeth forth fruit of herself, first the blade, then the ear, and after that the full corn in the ear. But when the fruit is brought forth immediately, he putteth in the sickle, because the harvest is come. You find that there is a process for this producing of fruit. And we have to make sure that everybody understands this simple fact. In Matthew chapter 13, 23, we know this. Not everyone has the same degree of fruitfulness. Uh, When a seed goes in the ground, you'll find it says some will bring forth a hundredfold, some 60-fold, some 30 or 40-fold. Notice with me, not everybody has the same level of fruitfulness. So what does this really mean? You may ask on a Wednesday evening, it means this. Uh, Fruitfulness should continue throughout our lives. Uh, I do not expect somebody that is 20 to walk with the level of fruitfulness that somebody that is 70 uh, if they've been serving God all of those years. Uh, You should understand something and it's something very unique that we find uh, that God put in creation and that is this in Psalms 92 verses number 12 through 14. Notice it says the righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bring forth fruit in old age. There is no retirement to this thing. But if you study anything about the palm tree, you will find this. The palm tree produces its sweetest fruit when it's old. Because it gets sweeter, the older it gets. Please understand, you and I, as men and women of God, it is a picture, it is a symbolic picture that the longer that we're in Christ, the longer that we're rooted in Christ, the longer that we follow after him, is the sweeter we should become. But I will tell you this, I have witnessed throughout my life People that have looked the part, acted the part, spoke like they were supposed to speak, but they were so bitter that you could not be around them. I don't even like dill pickles, but I'd rather drunk a can of dill pickle juice than to be in their presence. Uh, because as they got older, they got self-righteous. They got, they, well, we're holier than thou. And listen, uh, their latter days become 
places and times of misery because nobody could live up to their standard. Uh, But let me tell you something. It's not about living up to the standard of men, uh, but it is about living a life that is holy and acceptable in the sight of the Lord. Uh, It is about being an example of who God has called us to be. Uh, The Bible's very clear. He hasn't just called a preacher, uh, but he's called everyone uh, that will follow after him uh, to walk in holiness and to walk in righteousness. Uh, How do we do that? Uh, We do that by coming back to the word of God uh, and we begin to realize uh, in his word there is a passage that makes it so clear for all of us to understand. Uh, Notice with me, uh, what is the process towards more fruitfulness, you might ask? Uh, In John chapter number 15, you will find the first eight verses of that chapter is a very powerful picture of who we are to be and what we're to be. Some of you probably can quote it. Uh, I am the true vine and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch uh, that beareth fruit, he purgeth it that it may bring forth more fruit. Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine. No more can you except you abide in me. I, I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, is cast forth as a branch and is withered, and men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. But if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified, that you bear much fruit, so shall you be my disciples. Uh, it doesn't get any more clear than that for us. Notice with me. Jesus is the vine. Uh, He is the taproot. He's the main root of our lives. Uh, We know this, the believer. That's you and I. We are the branch. Uh, And the father, he is the vine dresser. He's the one that comes and cultivates the ground around us. Uh, What am I saying? Jesus is the root. We are the branches and we are what the fruit should be hanging on. Uh, But you and I today, we can never become fruitful uh, unless first of all, we yield our lives uh, to the call and the purpose of God. Uh, So why are we here on a Wednesday night? Uh, It's not just to fill a calendar. Uh, It's not here just to sing a song. It's not here just to preach a message or to teach a message. Uh, But we're here tonight uh, so that God can cultivate around us so he can put things around us, maybe even prune us at times. Uh, I, you know, I get, I get beat up pretty bad by, by a few people around here because they ask me, uh, they say, are we going to come or should we come Sunday or not? Because I don't know if I want to be cut on this week. Uh, well, I know it's all in fun and games, but tonight I can tell you that sometimes uh, God prunes us uh, and it's not to bring harm to us. It's not to bring hurt to us, but it is so that we can become more fruitful. Uh, And the Bible is very clear that if we are not bringing forth fruit, uh, then we are failing at what we're supposed to be. Why was the reason uh, that David so desired to have a temple built uh, for a place for God to be? Uh, Is because he understood that the people needed a place uh, where they could go and worship God, but also encounter his presence. Uh, You and I today need to understand the world is a mess. 
success. Uh, Another election will not fix it. Uh, Another career opportunity will not fix it. Uh, People are upside down in their lives. They have no joy. They have no peace. They have no rest. Uh, And listen, they're trying everything and the enemy's giving them everything to try. Uh, But you and I, the church of Jesus Christ, uh, if we would grow in Christ uh, and we would become the voice of reason once again, uh, not saying we browbeat people, but we give people the option, uh, not by giving them a message per se, uh, but giving them a living example uh, of the epistle of God's word. Uh, Meaning this, when I wake up in the morning, I'm not full of doom and gloom. uh, But when I wake up in the morning, I got a song in my heart. uh, I got a spring in my step. uh, I got a smile on my face uh, because God has given me another day. Uh, I didn't deserve it, but he did. Uh, Listen, I have sweated all day, but I'm still glad uh, that I had another day. Uh, Can I tell you, uh, it was an opportunity to tell somebody that God is good uh, and he is worthy to be exalted and praised, even on a Wednesday night when you're exhausted from VBS. Uh, But can I tell you, uh, there is too many starving people today uh, because the church is filled with barren trees. Uh, But you and I are to be trees of righteousness. Uh, We are to be trees of hope. Uh, We are to be trees of joy, love, and peace. Uh, When people walk by us, they should begin to pull fruit off of you. Uh, Listen, uh, fruit is produced for one reason and one reason only. Uh, It is to be shared uh, and it is to be eaten. Fruit has no value if it just stays on the tree. It rots in the field. But when people begin to walk by uh, and they see what you have, uh, when they see your smile, when they see your hope, uh, when they experience your joy, uh, and when they see you, even when they've been mean to you, uh, you've still been operating in self-control, uh, and you are even giving long-suffering to them, uh, and you're giving them a space that they don't even deserve. Uh, listen, uh, I, I, I heard a story uh, of a gentleman, I won't release his name, uh, but he was sharing the story from the platform. Uh, Him and his wife, they went to a restaurant uh, and this uh, waitress he had, uh, he said she was just awful. She was mean. She didn't want to be there. uh, Didn't want to take their order. uh, And it was just, then she found out that he was a preacher uh, and she didn't want to have anything to do with him. Uh, And he said, his wife was to the point, said, let's just get up and go. And he said, we're not leaving. I'm going to order my food because I want to eat here. Uh, So he did. Uh, And at the end, end of the night uh, after this long ordeal uh, of terrible service, uh, he put her a, an amazing tip on the table. Uh, and she walks back and they're walking out the door and said, you messed up. Uh, and she said, he said, no, I didn't mess up. And she said, you gave me a tip more than the bill is. And he said, yeah, I did that on purpose. Uh, but she said, I'm not worthy of it. And he said, I know you're not worthy of it at all. Uh, but I didn't give it to you because you was worthy of it. I gave it to you because God is good. Uh, it messed that girl up. Uh, can I tell you, sometimes uh, we have to go above and beyond uh, and let people see who Jesus really is. Uh, Listen, uh, it's not about, well, they did that to me, so I'm going to do it to them. That's not of God. Uh, That's called immaturity. Uh, But when a man of God or a woman of God is mature in the faith, uh, I will tell you this. There's been a lot of times, Debbie said, just let me take care of that for a few moments. I said, God's got it. Uh, And then there's been a few times I said, Lord, if if you just look away, I'll take care of that. Uh, But you know, we have to operate 
tolerate in self-control. But when we do it uh, and we continue to grow in Christ, uh, we become no longer barren trees, uh, but we become trees that are hanging filled uh, with fruit. Uh, And then we enter into a season of life uh, where people become along and they say, well, can you help me? Uh, Can you do this? Uh, And can you do that? And can I tell you, it's when you get into a season uh, where you understand what is said. It is more blessed to give than to receive. Because when people begin to take of the fruit of your life, you begin to see the love of Christ in action and you see the broken be healed. You see the discouraged be encouraged. Uh, You see the hopelessness go away and joy begin to come. What am I saying tonight to all of us? I am not concerned about anything other than being a man or a woman of God who operates in the place of fruitfulness. It's not about how to grow a church. Well, if you follow these five steps, you'll get it done. Listen, you might grow a crowd, but you'll never grow a church. The only way you'll grow a true church, an authentic church, is by being fruitful. And let me say this, there is no shortcut to this thing. There is great consequences when you try to speed up the process or to shortcut this thing. I heard... Dr. Amarad in Trinidad, a phenomenal, phenomenal preacher, teacher of the word. He is a man that was raised in a family where he was being groomed to be a Hindu priest, but he had an encounter with God, and now he is one of the most masterful voices on that little island. He has traveled throughout the United States for years as well. He can speak uh, with great elegancy. He is a man of great faith. He shared a story one time, and he simply said that a mother and father brought this child to him and said, we have a problem, and this young boy was developing and he was his body was taking on the form of a young girl and he's like I knew something wasn't right because of the simple fact he said I was there when the boy was born and he'd grown in my church and he was about eight years of age and he said I knew something was off something was wrong and he said they said what do we do this is this is becoming an issue and He said, we need to get him to a doctor. We need to get him to a specialist. And they took him and they go in through, do all these exams and all of these things. And they said, what's, we don't see anything wrong, but what's his diet? He said, does he eat a lot of chicken? He said, yes, that's kind of their primary diet if you're in that part of the world. But the problem was that, and even in our culture today, it's still happening It really takes about a year for a chicken to grow after it's hatched to get to a place where it's really eatable. But now we are shooting them up and doing it in such a manner that within six weeks, they're killing and slaughtering these chickens and they're on your shelves and that's what you're eating. Now, what's happening in that area, even in a different environment, not so controlled even as ours, but they're shooting it with so much... uh, hormone therapies and things to get these chickens to grow so quickly. They was putting things in this kid's body that they did not even know and it was changing who he was. 
Why do I say that? Is because they thought they was getting one thing, but they was actually getting, it was loaded with something that they did not know because somebody was shortcutting the process. There's a lot of people today that's trying to shortcut the process spiritually and saying, well, if I do this, then I can get joy. If I get this, I can get peace. If I can get this, then I can operate in a place of long suffering and self-control. I'm going to tell you something. There is no shortcut to this thing, but it is a life of discipline. It is a life of understanding that John 15 doesn't change for anybody in this room, including myself. He is the vine. We are the branches. And unless we abide in him, we could never be fruitful. That's why we have people that base their joy upon happenings. Can I tell you, happiness is not the same thing as joy. You get happy when something happens. I like being happy. I was happy today. I came back from Gilman's after my day started a little rough with the water leak. Wasn't planning on that, but that's just the way it is. But I pulled back in my driveway and my daughter was here with my two grandbabies unexpectedly. That's a, that's, a, that's a happy feeling. But can I tell you, that made me happy. But the joy came when you get a hold of them and spend time with them. Happiness is the event that's taking place, but joy is something different. Can I tell you, you and I as the body of Christ, we are to be fruitful people, not miserable people. Please hear me. Not, oh my Lord, I might make it, people. No. When you begin to grow in Christ, I read a quote, if they want to come to the piano this evening, I'm going to bring this to close in just a moment. I read a quote today, simply said, if it isn't going to really matter in five years, don't spend no more than five minutes on it. And I thought, that's pretty good. You know, something will happen and we'll be so uptight. We'll think the, the world is crashing down on us. This is the end. But if you pause and say, is it really going to matter in five years from now? No. Nah. Listen, I understand things happen in our lives. Unexpected things. Things we don't like. But if it's not altering the big picture of things, let's not let it destroy our testimony. Don't let it destroy your life and your, your integrity. Because can I tell you, there's some things that's important and there's some things that isn't. One of the most important things for all of us in this room is for us to understand that God commands us to be fruitful. We will give an account for how we live our lives, folks. Our Heavenly Father did not send His only Son to do what He did at Calvary for us just to skate through life. And He did not release the Holy Spirit to go from breast to breast and to search upon the earth today to find in a place where He can abide for us to do nothing. But the ultimate sacrifice of Christ and the presence of the gift, the wonderful gift of the Holy Ghost that we have is all so that we can live a life of fruitfulness. So that we can be men and women that changes a culture, changes a community, changes a family. 
So I ask you today, does these nine things describe you? Are you filled with love? Filled with joy? Are you filled with peace? Do you operate towards others with long-suffering and kindness and goodness? And when you're looking in the mirror, is that thing looking back at you? No matter how pretty or how ugly it is, I'm not even going to touch that, but no matter what it is that's looking back at you, can you say this, that thing's faithful, it's gentle, and it's self-controlled. You see, if those nine things are present, I can tell you this, you're living in a manner that's touching the heart of your heavenly Father. And you won't have to worry about gate entry. But you'll hear him say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. But only if you're fruitful. Can I tell you there's something about being fruitful. There's something special about walking with the fruit of the Spirit. Something about operating in ministry with those that operate in that realm. I'll share with you just a little personal thing, if that's all right tonight, before we pray. I'm not a real big dreamer. Occasionally I'll dream. A lot of people in my family, it seems like they have the gift of dreams and they dream all the time. My father was one of those guys. He'd always share them with me. What do you think about this, son? What do you think about this? I miss those conversations. But last night I had a dream. Early this morning I had a dream. And I won't share all of it, but there's but when you start growing in Christ and it's about relationship and it's about starving people, it's about feeding people, hungry people. I dreamed, it's the first time I've dreamed of my father. Passed away a little over a year ago. Had a dream of my father early this morning. And I dreamed that he called me. And I don't know if it was because I was studying and preparing about starving people, bearing trees. I, I don't know. I I didn't eat pizza last night, so I know it wasn't a pizza dream. So I said, Lord, you're just trying to bring me some comfort. And it was just special. I thought he called me and I thought he simply asked me, he said, son, are you, are you on your way? Are you coming? And I said, yeah, I'm on my way, dad. I'm coming. And he said, well, would you just stop by and maybe grab us a couple of hamburgers so we can sit and eat? And I said, Absolutely. And I thought that I went and I sat down and I don't know what my conversation was with him, but early this morning, I was able to sit and just have the greatest conversation with my father as we sat and ate together. And he had such a beautiful smile. Can I tell you today, I woke up refreshed and renewed and I thought when I woke up and he said, listen, that's why I want you to be fruitful because I don't want any starving people in your presence. Folks, tonight it's not about anything other than 
making sure we're not barren trees, but making sure that if somebody's hungry, we can feed them. And I'm not talking about a hamburger tonight, but I'm talking about, we know this, every one of us in, our, in this room, we went through some hard stuff or we know somebody going through hard stuff now. And there's been some seasons in my life that I'm thankful that I had somebody to pray with me, to undergirt me and pray for me that was there and near. But folks, in our world today, we can't just be a church on Sunday morning for a couple hours and on a Wednesday night for an hour and a half or so. But we've got to be the church out there. We've got to be that tree that has joy and peace hanging off of it. We got to provide the hope that is needed to a generation. What are you saying tonight, Pastor? I'm saying it's time to grow. And if that means he's got to prune us, if it means he's got to cultivate the soil around us, if he's got to disrupt some things in our lives, then let's let him do it. And let's become fruitful. And let's touch a world. Let's change a nation. Let's see a harvest. But it only happens when we choose to grow. As we stand all over the house tonight, I want to take a moment, just pray with you. On this Wednesday evening, you may have walked in here tired. You may have worked all day. You may have rushed to get here. Maybe overwhelmed, say, man, I, I could have just stayed home. Well, I'm glad you didn't stay home. But I pray that we didn't come just to come, but we come to hear. And also that we come to respond. Respond in our spirit and saying, God, whatever it is. Tonight, I have no doubt that we can make a difference. I have no doubt that we are making a difference. But here's also what I know. Our reach can be further. And we can touch more lives, but only when we become more fruitful. I have two major meetings in the morning for missions. And I'm believing the Lord is going to help us to be more fruitful, more opportunities, more things to do. Please hear me. But only when we are trees that are not barren. He is the vine, we are the branches. I want to ask you tonight, how much fruit's hanging on you? My brother Alvin, until a few years ago, we had a, an amazing peach tree. It made no sense. It was completely out of place where it was at in the yard, but it was there. And every year, it just started blooming. And it would hang with these big white peaches. It would nearly break the limbs every year. We were just talking about this last week and dad would go out and he'd go every year and go take Alvin's peaches because he said, 
don't find these kind around here. These remind me of when I was a kid. But that tree produced so many peaches until lightning, I believe, hit it and burned it up and destroyed it. But I can still see that tree in my mind because of the amount, the vastness of the fruit that was on it. I pray that we become that way as men and women of God in the year 2023. That we become so loving that joy just oozes out of us and that peace just overwhelms everywhere we go. One of the greatest compliments that I ever received in my life in all of the years of ministry, all of the thousands of miles of travel, is one night I got called to the hospital and the ER, a family I had no idea who they were. I'd never met them. A little old lady was having to say goodbye to her husband and they wanted a preacher. They was distraught. They had no idea. They had no hope. They had nothing to hold on to. And I got called. And I walked in. I didn't preach a message. I wasn't in suit and tie. I was just rushing to the hospital, just old average Joe. I walked in, very uncomfortable, not knowing anybody, and seeing this precious lady sat there and stayed with them until he passed. Prayed with them, and I'll never forget, I sat and I she had stood there for hours and I massaged her shoulders. That was pretty much the end of the night. I didn't preach the funeral. I was there with them. And then about three or four years later, I was at another funeral and a little old lady come running up to me. I had no idea who she was. She asked me what my name was, and I told her, and she said, you're the guy. And I said, well, what do you mean I'm the guy? She said, I'll never forget. My husband was passing away, and you walked in the room, and I was hurting, and I stood there for hours. And she said, you sat and you massaged my shoulders for an hour. But she said, when you walked in the room, there was so much peace that came in that I was able to go through the process. Never knew. What am I saying? I'm not saying that to brag on me, but I'm saying that when you go into some of the most uncomfortable situations, if the Lord is with you, it's not about what you say, but it's about being present. And people never forget when they partake of the fruit that you have, whether it's joy, whether it's love, whether it's peace, whether it's long suffering, whether it's gentleness, whether it's kindness. So I ask you tonight, is there any fruit? But if there is fruit, let's celebrate that, but say, God, I want to bring to a place of more fruit. I want to get to that place of much fruit because there's a world that needs it today. I'm going to ask you to just join hands with your neighbor. I'm going to pray with you and let's pray together tonight. Dear Heavenly Father, Oh, I love you tonight. I thank you for your word. I thank you for your precious people on a Wednesday evening after a hard day's labor. 
rushing to come to your house, to be here, to worship you, as well as to learn and to grow. And Lord, we know your word is very clear that you desire for us to be fruitful. Lord, you desire for us to walk in a manner where there is joy and peace in our lives, but also that we can provide that for others. Lord, your word simply says that freely we have received, so freely we give. Lord, tonight we know this, if we don't have any fruit, we have nothing to give. So Lord, today we're asking. We're asking you to prune us if you need to. Dig around us and cultivate the soil around us if you need to. But Lord, whatever you do, please don't cut us off from the vine. But Lord, we're asking. And Lord, we're surrendering and we're yielding to you. And we're simply saying, Lord, do what you will with us. For Lord, we want to breathe branches that is bending with abundance of fruit that's standing in your vineyard so that others can begin to partake of our lives so that you can receive glory and honor. Lord, this precious gift of the Holy Ghost that you've given us is given for us to be witnesses. Lord, we're able to be a witness when we're hanging with a multitude of fruit in our lives. So, Lord, I pray for every family. I pray for every individual that's in this room and that's joining us by way of Internet today or that will watch us in the future. Lord, help us to do what needs to be done to bring forth the most fruit. Let us be more fruitful in this season than we've ever been in our lives. And, Lord, for that, we will give you praise and glory and honor. And we will give you all the credit for every life that's changed and transformed that comes in contact with our lives. For Lord, without you, we can do nothing. But with you, there is nothing that is impossible. So Lord, today I thank you for the healing, the delivering, and the setting free of lives that's going to take place because of the fruit of the people that's in this room because of the fruit of those that are watching. So Lord, today I pray as we prepare to depart from this house that we will not depart from your presence. Lead us, guide us, and direct us as we walk in a place where fruitfulness begins to abound in our lives. In Jesus' name. And the church says, Amen. Pastor Jay here. I just want to thank you for watching the service with us today and being a part of it. We ask that you stay in touch with us, follow us on all of our social media platforms, and we'll see you again soon. We love you, so does God.